Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday, April 21st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's a snow day. What did you What did you do when you were a kid on a snow day? What was the What was your first move on a snow day when you were a kid? Way back in the days before uh, computers and the internet. And, and yeah. I remember just rolling over in bed and going to sleep, <laughs> and then going out and playing in the snow, building uh, snow forts and having snowball fights and Bumper hitching on the cars going by. Oh yeah, bumper <laughs> hitching on the cars. Oh man, that must have been that must have been incredibly fun. Uh, we had a little a, dangerous. <laughs> we had a little hill in our backyard that my sister and I used to take our uh, roll up toboggans and sled down. That was about it. That was about the extent of our fun. But uh, the Indians have a snow day today. Uh, woke up with a couple inches on the ground. Didn't really think they were going to play today. Uh, word came around one o'clock that they. They bagged the game between the Indians and White Sox. Uh, coming off of a White Sox victory last night, 8-5, to five, uh, Carlos Rodon once again uh, sort of getting through that game, not, not as dominant as he was the last time he faced them uh, in Chicago when he threw a no-hitter, but he was effective enough to uh, get through five innings and, and keep the Indians uh, in check long enough for his offense to get going. Yeah, definitely, Joe. He, uh, you know, the perfect game was out the window and as soon as, uh, you know, the start of the game when he walked uh, Jordan Luplo and then uh, Luplo in the third inning ended his his hopes for another uh, no hitter with uh, with his home run with the leadoff home run. So Jordan Luplo kind of, you know, ruined, ruined uh, Rodone's uh, road to history, but uh, he still, like you said, he still hung around for five innings. The Indians squeezed him for eight walks. They got three hits off him, but they couldn't beat him. Right, and he did uh, did manage to go, what, 11 hitless innings against uh, the Indians. That's uh, still a pretty significant uh, feat there for Rodon and the White Sox. And, and really, uh, that was about as, as close to the, Tony LaRusso's game plan and, and sort of how – you know, in his mind or in, in their perfect season, the uh, the White Sox would go about beating you. Their, their, their pitching staff keeps it close enough until their offense starts clicking and they bomb away with four home runs uh, like they did. Uh, Jose Abreu uh, with a, a massive home run off Zach Plesak uh, at, at one point hitting it, what, three quarters of the way up the, uh, the bleachers in left field. 
Yeah, my goodness, that was that was a shot. Left the bat at uh, like 115 miles an hour, according to uh, baseball savant. Uh, just uh, Abreu always seems to save his best for the Indians, and he had a great night last night. Three hits, two home runs, and uh, they're they're fortunate they got snowed out tonight, so they don't have to face him again until what? Uh, well, pretty soon at the uh, end of this homestand, yeah. they, they they got to go to Chicago again. So, right. But Radon is, you know, he's an interesting guy, Joe. I mean, he was non-tendered by the, the, the White Sox in December, re-signed for like one year, $3 million deal. And uh, the runs the Indians scored off him last night were the first he's allowed in uh, this season, like in 19 innings, three right. starts. So this is a guy on a mission. Yeah. And he's certainly positioning himself for a, a nice contract, uh, you know, either from the White Sox or somewhere else down the line uh, after the season, certainly when you, you throw a no-hitter. Uh, Terry Francona said something in his postgame uh, when we asked about Zach Plesak. He said, yeah, we got we kind of got Jose Abreu going, and that's never a good thing. You never want to see that. It, it's, uh, you know, he threw uh, Abreu a couple of fastballs in, and Abreu made the adjustment, hit him, hit him for home runs. And, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to see the AL MVP get hot when he's in your house, and, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and, and what what's what do you think has happened to Plesak? Two starts back to back against the uh, the White Sox. He's you know he got out of the first inning last night, which was a good thing. He didn't give up you know six runs like he did his last start in the first inning. But then he still ends up going five plus, uh, which is I guess a good thing. But he still gives up six runs, seven hits, you know, two uh, like a home run. Uh, he just you know, two home runs. He just doesn't look like himself to me. He doesn't look like that guy that, that was so, uh, you know, started so fast last year. Right. And, and once he came back last season after his little, uh, little vacation uh, due to the COVID violations, uh, he was lights out. He was outstanding. He was locked in. Uh, it, it seems like he's just missing with one or two pitches a game. And those one or two pitches a game are, are really hurting him. Uh, you know, the, his previous start only lasting two thirds of an inning. Uh, he made several more of those kind of mistakes than, than he did on Tuesday night. But, you know, the stuff is there. He came out, he said he felt great after he, you know, after his outing, he said that the results really didn't show, uh, uh, you know, how good he felt on the mound. Uh, yeah, there's it, 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 this is again, part of being a young team, having a young pitching staff, you were expecting this, they're going to be up and down. You know, police act could come out in his next start and, and rattle off five starts in a row where he's just lights out and locked in. But part of being a young staff is figuring out how to, you know, limit the highs and, or I'm sorry, limit the lows and, you know, ride the highs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think uh, what's something that uh, Frank, Terry Francona said in spring training, you know, I think uh, because police act throws so many strikes, um, you know, he, uh, he hasn't walked anybody. I don't, you know, in those two starts against Chicago, he hasn't walked anybody. So that means he's always around the zone and these guys know that. And, uh, you know, so maybe they're, you know, the, he, he's, a one of those guys where it's a comfortable at bat where, you know, he, he's thrown well, his stuff is working, but they know he's going to be eventually be in the strike zone and they kind of sit, sit on certain pitches because they certainly, the, the White Sox certainly have found a, found a way to get to get to him. All right. Zach Klesak needs a few more starts <clears throat> against the Tigers and the uh, and the the Royals, I think, to uh, 
to get himself back to where he needs to be. Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, the elephant in the room, uh, Josh Naylor and his uh, continued trials and tribulations on Tuesday. He, uh, in, in a situation where the Indians had uh, the bases loaded and nobody out, they had back-to-back strikeouts, Yu Chang and Jordan Luplo, and then um, Cesar Hernandez uh, rifles a ball off of Yuan Moncada at third base. Uh, Naylor on second sees the ball sort of skip past Moncada and then just tears around third base, runs right through a stop sign from Mike Sarbaugh at third and is out by a country mile at home plate uh, as, as he tries to score from second base on, a, on an infield hit. Uh, are you buying the explanation from uh, Terry Francona? Hey, it's a young club. We, we, we don't let them make a mistake once and then hope they don't make the mistake again. Well, I guess, you know, they seemed committed to Naylor to me. I, now, I don't know. I mean, they played him just about every day. Uh, they keep running him out there in right field. So, you know, unless, you know, he, he's, he's sent to Columbus tomorrow, you know, I would think, you know, that this guy is here and they are, they're willing to live with his mistakes because right now, and, and Josh Naylor is a good guy. I mean, he's a nice guy. And, uh, but he is, he's on a roll here, you know, Saturday, he's, he hits into a triple play in the eighth inning against the Reds. There's nothing you can do about that. No. I mean, he hit the ball hard, you know, the people, you know, it just was right at uh, Joey Votto at first base, you know, he made contact, hard contact. Okay. The next day he's playing first base for the first time this season, you know, he lets, uh, you know, the game changing air two out air roll through his legs. Now <laughs> he, he runs through a stop sign Tuesday night, uh, you know, and, and takes it. And, you know, and really kills, at that point, kills a rally that the yeah. Indians could have, you know, that was their chance to score, Francona said. Go on. Yeah, their chance to score and get, you know, Rodon out of the game, you know. So, uh, um, you know, so it's frustrating, you know. And uh, I think uh, you've got to talk to the kid and you, you, you got to – and nobody really has to talk to him. He knows what he did. But, you know, you've got to explain it. Listen, just maybe, uh, you know, run with your head up the next time. Pick up the, the third base coach. Do whatever you got to do. But, you know, just dial it back, uh, you know, an inch or two. Because you can tell he's trying too hard. He's trying to make up for whatever he did, you know, in you know the past two or three games. I, I think, you know. So, you know, just, just take a deep breath. Play the game. If, you know, if it goes like we think we're, it's going, you're going to be in the lineup almost every day. So relax and play. All right. Now, speaking of being in the lineup every day, Jordan Luplo uh, comes out and uh, blasts a home run off of Rodon in the third inning. Uh, it's Luplo's fifth home run. That's a team high. Gives him 11 RBIs. That's a team high. Uh, he leads the team in uh, OPS. He's only played in nine of the, uh, the 16 games. What, what am I missing here, Hoinsey? This, this is a guy who's, who's obviously crushing the ball. And, I mean, yes, they've, they've played uh, – they've faced a lot of left-handed pitching, and that's Jordan Luplo's specialty. But he's also, what, in six at-bats against right-handers this season. He's three for six with two home runs, and it should be three for three with three home runs. Right, exactly, Joe. I mean, maybe we're seeing – you know, in, in every season somebody comes out of nowhere, you know, that someone you didn't expect – uh, or someone you, you saw, you know, kind of pigeonholed in one role, maybe expands and expands their, 
you know, the shows that they're capable of doing more than, than the, the coaching staff and the organization thinks. And maybe Luplo is, is this guy, because remember last year, they wanted to give him more at bats against right-handers, but he had the back injury in spring training too, and really never got started uh, in the season. So maybe this is his, you know, this is his season to show, Hey, I can, I can face any kind of hitter, any but, kind of pitcher. But does that mean it's his season to do it in center field? Does it mean he can displace uh, uh, Naylor in right field? Uh, you know, let him play a little more there. I, and, and I have it on good information that Daniel Johnson is coming probably for the start of the Yankee series. Uh, Daniel Johnson will be the, the next guy called up. Uh, you're going to see him in the lineup at some point in, in center field. That's going to take at bats away from Luplo. Uh, it, it, it makes no sense to me why you don't just start him and let him go uh, against righties against lefties. If you're playing him in center field, then that's where you're playing. That's, that's what you got to live with. Yeah. It, and You've got all these, if, if Johnson comes up, uh, like you said, Joe, and, and there's no reason to believe he's not coming up. And so what do you do with all these bats? What do you do with all this, uh, all these guys? You, you've got to keep them sharp. You've got one, you know, stable guy in left field and Eddie Rosario. And then you've got two positions and what, four or five different guys to shuffle between center field and right field. I mean, you know, it, it's it might confusing. Not it might not kill you to, to give Rosario one game off against a left-hander too, because you know, he's yeah, not he exactly needs- lighting the world on fire right now as well. Uh, speaking of left-handers, we saw the major league debut of Sam Henches. Uh, Terry Francona raved about Henches in spring training. Uh, his stuff is tremendous. His velocity is, is really good. His breaking ball is, is really sharp and excellent. We saw him strike out, you know, three of the first four batters he faced in the major leagues. Uh, that uh, that other batter, though, was Jose Abreu, and and he tagged him for a home run. I guess uh, baptism by fire, the American League MVP, uh, deposits one in the bleachers uh, in your first major league outing. Yeah, very impressive. You know, 6'7", 245 pounds. You know, he's he's really a starter, don't you think, Joe? I mean, he, he at the alternate camp, he was out to 85 pitches. Uh, they bring him up here to, uh, you know, you know, take the burden off the bullpen, which had been kind of stretched out during that last road trip. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this guy. Cause I don't think you do you, well, the rotation is it's in pretty good shape. So I guess maybe you just live with him in the pen and, and, and uh, if you have to make a move or somebody gets hurt, then you can slot him in there. The rotation, the rotation is in good shape. Uh, but you understand that Tristan McKenzie isn't going to last the whole season. You're not going to ride him the whole season. You're going to need starts and innings from somebody like Sam Henches. Now that you've already brought him up, you've used an option. You can send him up and down as many times as you need to. Uh, I think he's the one who's going to go back down before Thursday's game. I think that that makes the most sense to send him back down and bring Daniel Johnson up. Uh, So look for that move to be happening you know, probably around two or three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's that's where they are right now. I, I like Henches as a starter. I think he's going to contribute that way uh, at some point this season, uh, as well as Cal Quantrill. I think both both Quantrill and Henches uh, mixed in with Allen and McKenzie sort of take over those two spots in the rotation. And if, uh, if Plesak or uh, uh, Savali ever need a, a spot start, but 
Now, I don't really see Savali needing a spot start at all. He's he's pretty much a machine as well. Yeah, you know, and uh, Quantrill's an interesting guy, uh, Joe. I mean, he kind of came in there and uh, threw some gasoline on the fire last night, gives up, you know, the two-run homer in, in, in relief of uh, Plesak. But, uh, you know, great stuff. Uh, maybe he's, you know, I don't know if he's a starter or a reliever. And I, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I don't think the Indians know right now as well. You know, the, you know, Francona, like you, you and me know, he has said he looks much more aggressive as a, as a reliever than, than he does when he starts. So, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait and see how that works out. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, well, let's get into uh, what's ahead for the Indians, and that's this weekend, a four-game series with the Yankees. Uh, I don't know who needs this series more, the Yankees or the Indians. The Yankees come uh, are going to come limping in here uh, at least 5-10, and ten, uh, last place in the AL East. The Indians tied for second in the AL Central, but, uh, you know, scuffling here and there. Uh, the, the Indians could get really healthy off of uh, a struggling Yankee team. Or, you know, they could underperform and let the Yankees start feeling uh, a lot better about themselves. It could go either way. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, The Yankees, I don't think you ever feel comfortable against them. You know, no matter what, they've always got a dangerous lineup. They've they've still got a great bullpen. Um, Do they, you know, the rotation is kind of, you know, a weak spot because they they have some injuries. you know, outside of Garrett Cole, I should say, you know, after uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, so the Yankees are, are, you know, really an interesting spot. And, you know, only in New York could uh, the GM be given the manager a vote of confidence in April, uh, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cashman gave Aaron Boone a couple of days ago. So I feel so I feel bad for Aaron Boone. Hang in there, Booney. Take- well, <laughs> I wouldn't feel very comfortable if I were uh, Booney with the uh, – with the baseballs being hit into the stands, being thrown back on the field, and, you know, one might be coming at the back of your head at, at some point. 
Uh, yeah, there, there's nothing, there's no thing, there's nobody, there's nothing like an angry New York fan, a Yankee fan. I remember when Mel Hall was playing uh, right field at, at old Yankee Stadium and uh, somebody, they were, they were throwing stuff at him. He said somebody threw a frozen Cornish hen at him. <laughs> a frozen <laughs> Cornish hen. Yeah. And, and Mike Hargrove was the manager then and called the team off the field. They were, they were like so upset. They, they, the Yankee fans were so upset. I forget what caused it, but you know, they, they, they had targeted Mel. So the Yankee wow. fans are tough, man. That's pretty interesting. Well, you know, it's interesting. You, you talk about uh, the, the Yankees rotation. We're not going to see Corey Kluber, uh, ex Indian. He's pitching today for the Yankees. So he will miss the entire uh, turn in his in the rotation there for the for the Yankees won't pitch at Progressive Field against his former club. And that has to be disappointing for him, but uh, we will see a reshuffled Indians uh, pitching rotation as they're going to start Aaron Savali on Thursday, Tristan McKenzie on Friday instead of Shane Bieber, and then Bieber will match up against Cole on Saturday at home, and then Sunday. I'm sorry, it'll be Logan Allen on Friday, Tristan McKenzie on Sunday. So what Terry Francona talked about yesterday, he's actually accomplished. He wanted to move Bieber in between Allen and McKenzie to sort of give the bullpen a little bit of a break. You expect maybe uh, Allen and McKenzie to have shorter outings uh, of maybe, you know, four to five innings each for each start, whereas you would expect Bieber to last a little longer, maybe into the sixth or seventh inning. So you're not taxing the bullpen as much, uh, you know, two days back to back if you put Bieber in between the two of them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, um, and, um, you know, that uh, and, you know, obviously they reshuffled it because what they got. We got snowed out today. They, the Indians got snowed out today. So the, everybody gets pushed back. But, yeah, that's that's an interesting move by by the Indians. And and what that means, Bieber will be pitching. What, with five days rest on his sixth day, right? Five days rest, sixth day, extended rest. Uh, it, it moves him off of his regular rest. It also uh, means he, he won't get to start. He'll only get to start once during this homestand at home uh, on, on Saturday, as opposed to starting Friday and then the, uh, the final game of the homestand uh, next, what, Wednesday? So, next Wednesday against the Twins, yeah. So then his next start will again be on extended rest, and that'll be in Chicago again. So, uh, you know, it's, you don't really expect that to be a problem for Bieber, but ideally you would like to keep a guy like that on his regular rest and make the other people in the rotation adjust to him. And I guess Terry Francona valued more getting to the point where he was worked in between Allen and and McKenzie and saw that opportunity and, and took it at this point. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with getting an extra day. I mean, he pitched into what the eighth inning in Cincinnati. That's as you know. That's you know. That's that's you know. That's a long. I'm sure that's his longest start of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he ever reached the eighth inning last year. That that'd be interesting to look. But yeah, so um, you know, I, I, you know, it's good to get an extra day. I, I think you know when when they get a chance, they'll put him back. They'll get him back on a regular five day you know, rotation, because you, you like to keep your ace on regular work. Well, it's, it's been because of now, now because of the weather and because of, uh, you know, built in off days that they've had, you know, so many variances and differences, uh, you know, maybe as we get into May, things will sort of even out and they'll, they'll get on a regular rotation there.
All right, Hoynes, we're going to wrap it up for today's podcast. We'll be back at it on Friday morning uh, with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.